0: Two questions. One was, where do you go to the toilet? Everyone seems to be fascinated by that. And then the second one would be, like, what happens if you get flipped? Basically. Yeah, and that was the question that we
1: d- didn't want to know the answer for. We, we really were happy with not not finding out what happens there. And I, unfortunately, uh, on, I think it was day 12, uh, we, we got the answer to that. They kind of looked at me and they said the answer was was alcohol. So ladies and gentlemen, the tempest too. Tom Caulfield, James Whistle, The Tempest 2.
0: This is the story of The Tempest 2.
1: hi guys welcome to the tempest 2 podcast episode 2 uh, on the first episode we kind of spoke about everything in the lead up to our first challenge of rowing the atlantic from the decision where it all came from hurdles along the way all the fundraising uh, to eventually arriving in Grand canaria to to make the thing happen and on this episode we're going to look at the first 50% of our row at sea and the calamity that was those first 1,500 miles
0: So yeah, day one as we kind of left it on the episode one podcast we pulled out of the harbour and ahead of us lay 3,000 miles of open ocean uh, as you could probably tell if you listen to the first episode we didn't really have much of an idea what we were doing but we were now on this seven meter boat totally alone no support crews no support vessels just ourselves uh, and a, a huge ocean ahead of us and well those first 24 well the first six hours were yeah. mental because I mean it,
1: it was glamorous just getting out of the harbour wasn't it well
0: it took ages <laughs> I think in our heads it's like we'll pull out the harbour and then we'll be on our way but it took like 24 hours to get outside like land basically oh yeah the <laughs> and we just didn't go anywhere
1: But the, the, the thought of just rowing away putting a big effort in to get some distance and it just to be an amazing departure just wasn't the case we waved at last goodbye to your family who yeah. were, Like stood on the rocks um, I think for, for the sake of that I just wanted to get away and the fact that we ping-ponged around the harbour whilst they just awkwardly stood and watched us like,
0: it's like when you say goodbye to like, a friend when you have a coffee and then you both walk in the same direction yeah <laughs> <Is> that <laughs> that's awkward? exactly it it's like see ya it
1: it's like <clears throat> yeah. see ya still here (laughs) it's like the giant final goodbye so we get in the boat and then we're so close to them for another two hours we could just continue the conversation and then it was like right okay okay, now bye starting from now now we go and uh, god yeah we kind of turned the, the corner and it was it was breezier than we thought it was going to be, yeah. and uh, it was tough. I remember losing the first rock, paper, scissors on that, on the row, meaning I had to take the first shift, um, which was supposed to be two hours. And I think after about half an hour, you just got one anyway, because <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> going anywhere. And then we both ended up just rowing for ages. But so, um, that's a
0: good place to start. I think it's worth explaining our shift path. Yes, yeah, good point. So, to give you some context, we worked on a two hours on two hours off basis so as James said he took the first shift uh, and a shift is basically two hours on the oars whilst the other person is sleeping stretching eating or maintaining the boat and you basically swap two hours on two hours off 24 hours a day until we got to the other side and we'd never really trained um, for that scenario purely because we didn't have enough time on the boat to do so um, and it was a it was a big struggle to begin with. And James took the first shift and then we swapped over. Uh, and on my first shift, it went into the nighttime. Uh, and obviously at night, whenever you're not on the oars, you're trying to get some sleep. So you're probably only getting about an hour sleep in between shifts. So it's really important to get your rest. And I remember, I mean, you, you kind of shut the cabin door and I remember you saying like, good luck, mate. And at this point, the weather was quite bad. The wind was pretty high. So the swell was quite big or well, what we thought was big at the time. And when he closed the hatch, I just remember being in total darkness, um, completely alone. There was kind of waves crashing over the boat, if you can imagine. We didn't really know what we were doing. It was a complete alien environment. You're soaking wet, you're freezing cold. And the nighttime, for the first, what, three or four weeks was yeah absolutely terrifying. Yeah,
1: full on. And I think from th- that perspective is... Is crazy. I'm so I was so glad I didn't have that first night shift on the oars because it's it's not dark street lamp dark. You literally can't see anything around you. You can barely see the hand in front of your face. Uh, so I was absolutely buzzing that I didn't have that <laughs> shift. So I just gingerly made my way back into the cabin, just thinking, perfect. I'll get my head down for a couple of hours, and uh, that wasn't the case at all. I, if you imagine this boat is is basically. Uh, MDF with resin around it so it's so thin you can hear absolutely everything that's going on around you any little wave that's breaking and hitting the boat uh, early on when we weren't used to it it sounded like someone was taking a sledgehammer to the side of the boat so I was lying there trying to sleep um, not getting a wink whatsoever almost looking forward to be doing something other than just lying there and all the worst thoughts just running through my head thinking that these waves were massive when but in reality we later learned that that was absolutely nothing and uh yeah it was going to be fine so it was quite it was quite good in one sense to not be on the oars to begin with and let you take the first night shift but as soon as i got in the cabin um it was a different matter and it was it was pretty shit to be fair well, i think
0: the first looking back on it the first one to two weeks was probably from my point of view probably the hardest of the whole trip because it was almost like a blur because we weren't sleeping and then whenever you got on the oars it almost felt like that the way it was almost like otherworldly it was just so i don't know so dreamlike and we were so tired we were falling asleep on the oars so we're in and out of consciousness and you get waken up by a massive wave crashing on top of you and then you go into the cabin soaking wet and you you've got to try and take off your wet weather gear but by the end of that kind of night you're just leaving it on because you're soaking wet anyway and, and you're too tired to it, was, take it off was just this yeah It was just this blur of kind of sleep deprived fear fueled kind of adrenaline it was such a weird existence and i remember thinking a couple of times i like would go into the cabin after a shift and and just be completely overwhelmed and just think like this is this is not sustainable Oh, I'm not sure I can do this for much longer.
1: It, it was the the classic case of trying to put ourselves up or, or being well outside of our comfort zone and hoping that at some point we'd get used to it, but it never felt like it was going to happen. It was just, like, awful for a couple of weeks. So, our, like, the, the first day goes by, and I think the initial adrenaline of like leaving and that emotion of like finally we're gonna do it had kind of worn off after maybe 24 hours at sea yeah after we'd kind of rode that out of our system um and then yeah things started to get a bit bit weird just i i suffered really badly with seasickness which was you were man down not ideal um we kind of realized in a couple of the training rows that I, I was gonna potentially get seasickness. Uh, luckily, Tom's mum had some seasickness tablets there um, with her f- from her, I guess, a sailing trip before. Um, so I took a load of them as um, as we left. I was actually just tripping out, to be fair, for the first for the first good two days
0: at sea. It wasn't seasick, but just just tripping out completely. You were so quiet and like reserved. I thought you were just really nervous, and then. Um, I remember taking two because I felt sick when I was writing that blog in the cabin and holy shit <laughs> I don't know what my mum was packing Jesus but she she must have been gutted when she got back to England absolutely risky taking that yeah, one I, uh, I don't really want to bring it up with her but yeah you, you were taking six of these a day double dropping each time <laughs> I took two of them and was absolutely gone um, and making myself sick within ten minutes so yeah, yeah that seasickness that was bad I remember Looking at you, you were like on the oars, just like every ten seconds being sick over oh, the side. I was like
1: jaundice. I looked like Bart Simpson. <laughs> I just had nothing to me. And to be fair, you took a massive stint on the oars for a good like six hours. Yeah, I'm just like that. Though. Just day two. <laughs> I wasn't actually rowing. <laughs> <laughs> you were just asleep. You honestly. were playing the palm pots. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a it was so surreal that that first time. I remember. Going to sleep and then waking up in the middle of these weird dreams. I kept thinking we were gonna dropping off like deliveries oh, yeah. to the Verde Islands and stuff. You like you like
0: popped your head out the the cabin. You like, oh, mate, you got those documents. I was like, <laughs> um, then in my head I was like, shit, should I have some documents? <laughs> and yeah, you know, I was like, what? And you were like, mate, we gotta drop those, uh, gotta drop those documents off at the Verde Islands. It's so, like, are you all right? <laughs> then you're like, yeah, yeah. And then you just like, fall back asleep. It's like, wow. Oh, God. I'm, I'm on board with a nut. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I remember at that point, literally. And then I get annoyed at myself for like being in the middle of this. I'd obviously had this weird dream and woken up and was so convinced by it that i just thought it was a thing and then when i realized we obviously were not dropping a package off at the Verde islands by or wish we were it was yeah <laughs> nice little it, break it was really frustrating i was like no like, i'm going mental in this day two <laughs> imagine the dreams after like a month like, what is wrong with me what is actually happening um but luckily after a few days and uh, i remember you telling me if like all the time that if you're seasick for more than 3 days it's, it's just in your head and you're essentially being a pussy that's what they say yeah is it's it's you your head and your body will adapt after 2 to 3 days anything after that is you just believing that you're still suffering with seasickness i'm not sure if that's scientific but whatever now it is, is, is said, yeah so i was like i'm still really <laughs> ill it's like you pussy. <laughs> you're pussy you're a liar still you're in your pussy. head <laughs> um but whatever it was yeah it worked and literally after like day two or so i just felt totally totally normal i think I just had to get through it and um yeah and then there's no reason for me to just sit in a cabin <laughs> for hours <laughs> oh, and i Uber. still feel <laughs> terrible <laughs> you can have to do another shift. um yeah, and then then we kind of Well, we definitely didn't get in the flow, but we were getting more used to our two hours on, two hours off, figuring out like when to eat, trying to figure out a pattern of how we're gonna do that. I remember quite early on we landed on eating every six hours. Yeah so, and I think it was literally six in the morning, midnight, six PM yeah. and midday.
0: I've done that a really weird <laughs> way. Midnight. In that order. <laughs> midday. <laughs> six in the morning. It's like right it's like ten past six ten past midnight very strange
1: Um, but yeah we we would never changed our what do you call it what do you call it time zone we never we just stayed no we sticked on GMT didn't we Uh, yeah kept it kept it GMT Um, but then I don't know did you feel like we we were getting used to it after a few days or or it took took a bit longer than that it took a bit
0: longer I think um, if you look at how efficient we are by the end of it it just that routine kind of developed over the first couple of weeks and I think it's worth mentioning the things we had to do so obviously let's say I'm, I'm on my two hour break um, so I'll try and get some sleep I'll wake up um, probably 20 minutes before the shift and it's that feeling of you know when your alarm goes off when you've got like a really early flight and it goes off and you're like oh my god I've only had like 20 seconds sleep because yeah. like you've blinked it's that feeling 12 times a day And then you sit up you get dressed you'll put the jet boil on get some water out of the um the water maker which is basically it filters and purifies the salt water make some food eat that swap over two hours on the on the oars and then you swap again swap again and it's just once you get into that groove it it becomes much easier but like anything any new routine or any new habit it takes that first initial kind of slog and suffering to make it habitual, and we obviously had our rituals of cleaning the boat. Obviously, toilet breaks were key. The uh, the bucket and chuck it method, yeah, yeah, which we started was quite difficult. You Sorry. still do that today, don't you? <laughs> I'm sat in my house at the moment. There isn't there isn't a, there isn't a porcelain in it. The toilets <laughs> have never been plumbed in. It's all, it's all buckets. People, people think it's very weird, but you know, I actually don't take the phone in anymore.
1: What? Yeah, I will not take the phone anymore. And I've noticed a huge drop-off in time spent.
0: Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Average. This is a fact. Average time for a male in the UK, number two, is a staggering 28 minutes. That is unbelievable. That is four minutes of business time and then 24 minutes of scrolling through Instagram and Sky Sports, isn't it? That's three and a half hours a week. That's if you're doing one a day, which most people, most,
1: are. Most people are doing <laughs> at least that. two.
0: <laughs> Double that, guys. Um, there was that. Well, the bucket actually became pretty, pretty good. There was that one time. Well, I got hit by a wave whilst on it, which was a messy affair. There was yeah. a time where you chucked it over the side, and then <laughs> yeah. your little friend came through one of the, <laughs> the portholes. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> that was the downpour of, of Bucket and Chuck
1: it is so as you <laughs> made a reappearance the so, so the, the way it works is we're really going to go into depth here how it works but what what you couldn't do uh, and and Tom did wrong once is you had to fill the bucket with a bit of water oh, first yeah. so that you had something to chuck it with over the side <laughs> one time I just heard I just heard the goods hit the bottom and there was quite clearly no water in there so as he's gone to throw it there's been no motion Um so yeah that was lesson number one so you, you put a little bit of water in there then do the biz then throw it over the side but you've got to you got to take the wind and the current into consideration uh, which i didn't do once and i've thrown it over the side and you've got these little holes in the side of the boat that let rainwater or anything that's come over the side back out fortunately the boat's dipped down and as it's done that it's brought the
0: whole poo back on board um, I feel like we should move on <laughs> and we absolutely should move on we really should See, so yeah, anyway to summarise we, we pooed in bucket um, then I guess I mean yeah those first two weeks were savage but then we, we saw the whales didn't we which is kind of the first morale boost we had
1: yeah and we I think we'd been at sea maybe like four or five days yeah it and was we, weren't, we weren't we weren't that far away we were probably just the other side of Tenerife yeah and Uh, Yeah, we just saw... I was actually in the cabin asleep. um, Was finally sleeping by this point and got woken up by Tom. Kind of big shout, really excited. There's a whale outside the boat, so come outside and check it out. So I ran outside, really excited. No whale. Nothing. And that was the case uh, maybe five times over. Yeah, pretty much. And there's like a golden rule on the boat that if or the guy who is sleeping doesn't get woken up because the maximum amount of sleep he's going to get in that period is like an hour and a half after he's eaten stretched and all that stuff um it will be an hour and a half tops and and then you've got to row for another two hours so you don't really wake that guy up unless it's really worth it uh so to be woken up four times was was pretty annoying but um i've got to say eventually kind of came outside and we were surrounded by 50, 60 yeah, of these. Loads of them. What are they? Pilot They're whales? Pilot whales. Big, big dolphins as you call them. Just big,
0: fat, <laughs> slow. Massive, um, massive dolphins. Very inquisitive. Yeah, well, they were coming within like an oars length because we obviously had no motor, they were just inquisitive as to what the hell we were doing there and they were coming within an oars length which at times was like, oh my God, this is amazing, these majestic creatures and then other times it was like, shit, if one of these flicks its tail it could, could put a hole in the boat and we're, we'll perish at sea. <laughs> um, but that that was like I remember we were struggling to that point and then that happened and they were around us for like two hours and I do think we should actually cut to that audio of something you said about <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just cut to it now and you, you just listen to Jade's reaction to seeing the whales. Do they eat shit like this? Can you uh, explain your your thought process about the ales, the, the ales, the whales the possibly whale- eating us? So I think we, I, I definitely, I think
1: we had gone past the point of it being exciting and cool, and um, that it was now like an hour and a bit into just being surrounded by whales. <laughs> Why are they doing it? Are they scoping us out for a potential meal time? <laughs> so I wasn't sure. Uh, in hindsight, sure, it seems ridiculous. <laughs> they don't eat us, but at the time perfectly legitimate question yeah thought they thing. were gonna like kill a whale create a big wave capsize us pounce on us drag us to the bottom of the sea done uh, and that'll be the end of us yeah uh, sort of lungs will expose under the pressure Jesus Christ man so this is all that's going through my head really thought about when I ask do they eat shit like this <laughs> <laughs> and uh, alright it'll make sense now yeah so that it was yeah it was definitely scary all right, so Christmas. Talk to me about Christmas. Christmas. What a day. So, what a day of mixed emotions. <laughs> oh, totally. So in the in the run-up to Christmas, I mean, we left on the 18th, so the whole thing was a run-up to Christmas. Um, but the kind of 23rd and the 24th, we so we took speakers on the boat, and the music coming out of those speakers for those days was... Probably eighty percent Buble Christmas album, twenty yeah. percent John Lewis Christmas songs. Oh, God, yeah. From the ads, and so we were we were falling for Christmas big this time. This is
0: your song.
1: That yeah, one. that one. Yeah, oh, that yeah. I <laughs> got a lot of air time. Ellie smashed it. Is it E.G.? I think so. Oh, E.G. <laughs> <laughs> so that's <what laughs> G- I call it. it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, go, you called it. <laughs> All right, stop.
1: <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, so we we were we were full on Christmas trying to create our own Christmas whilst knowing that I it think wasn't Christmas. It's, it wasn't very Christmassy at all. And Christmas really is quite copy and paste for not in a bad way, but like you, there's definitely a routine to Christmas with family and friends. You might go down the same pub, see the same people and, and it's amazing. And this was going to be far from that. So I think we, we were going after Christmas in our own way and, um, and eventually we kind of wake. up. Oh, I had the, the four am till six am shift. I remember Christmas morning as the sun coming up, and uh, <laughs> I just wasn't that keen on it. I don't know. I think you opened the thing and were like, "Merry
0: like, Christmas." Harry, and you were like, <laughs> "Harry Krishna." I <laughs> well, still don't know what that means. Harry Krishna. Yeah. Um, is it is it Jewish? Yeah, I think it's something to do with Judaism. It's get a borderline, isn't it? This. And yeah. it's <laughs> then it was like Yeah, like, that was how we started Christmas <laughs> just throwing a few oh,
1: words gosh. around but I don't think I heard an episode of Friends
0: well uh, Harry the Harry Krishna's mantra also referred to as the Maha mantra no anything to do with Christmas no it's nothing to do with Judaism
1: sorry no what is it <laughs>
0: <laughs> right I think we should cut that piece. that is so naive of me International Society for Krishna's Consciousness Jesus Christ Literally, <laughs> no, definitely not. No, Harry Krishna. Uh, so is he a oh. bloke? <laughs> no, it's not Harry. As in like, <laughs> <Harry>. <laughs> it's not Harry. Of a bloke I to school with. Oh, where's that Harry Krishna? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably playing left back. Oh right, okay. No, not it's okay. not. Okay. Is anyone who is um, involved with Harry Krishna? Many apologies. <laughs> yeah, a huge apologies.
1: Um, so yeah, we we kind of we've got that out of the way, and then. We still have rowing to do, but we both, have not said it yet, but we're both in our head are going, we should probably have the day off. It's... Yeah, 100%. It's Christmas Day. Yeah, it's so a religious holiday. Um, <laughs> I've taken my t-shirt off, it's
0: so hot in here. Yeah, it?
1: so it's the the hottest day in in the UK ever. This is the heatwave of 2019, the great yeah, heatwave. And we're surviving it by recording a pop, oh, God. Um Sorry, in South West London. But, yeah, so the... I mean, did you take that next shift? I think you did. And then we, then we settled into a bit of breakfast.
0: Yeah. Well, we, we had stockings from our families, didn't we? Um, so we knew we had some presents, which was a key. <laughs> um, and we obviously did secret Santa. We actually just had presents from your family. <laughs> did they cater for you as well? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> right. So technically all, both of those things were mine. Um, <laughs> And hey we then. also did Secret Santa, which is obviously the worst Secret Santa ever because there's two of us on the boat. But I, I prepared pretty well. I got you a Justin Bieber calendar for the boat. Yep. And what else did I get you? Uh, you got me a wank sock. A wank sock. Yeah, so. yeah a wank sock. Um, an which is, wank which sock. is just a white sock. Yeah, that costs about 12 quid. <laughs> which is an
1: overpriced white sock. I think yeah. it's an odd
0: that has just been Fine. repackaged. Fine. Um, good, yeah. And then you, what did you get me? Um, so
1: I again, uh, where, where like, did, where like did you, you, get yours I, from. I really thought about it so much. I knew that there was a, a good uh, vendor in Gran Canaria, <laughs> so I went and appealed to two of uh, of your tastes, one being uh, musical instruments yeah. and that creative side that you so often display. <laughs> so I bought you uh, a custom pair of pampots. Custom pair. Set. <laughs> Custom, <pair. laughs> Custom set. Custom pair. Custom set. i got a great deal on them, actually. <laughs> I think they're €4. Euros. Um, but pan pipes to appeal to that side. And then the other thing, which I know you like to appeal to, the sort of high-end
0: premium side of the market. Yeah. So I bought you a Breitling watch. Breitling watch. It was a... Uh, that was an official good Quality Brightling watch, I can confirm it mm. didn't break well, it wasn't broken when I got it, that's for sure. <laughs> I think it was Brylink, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Braille, yeah, Link. yeah. So, but yeah, good, good presents, yeah, decent. Um, and then we had, yeah, presents from home, letters from home, um, we had a couple of beers, we had a cheese board, um, which yeah, my I'll, mum ne- I'll sent never us. forget the anger of you not receiving Mate. chutney. What who sends a cheese board. Without chutney, apparently Fran. Fuck, like. But I was totally new
1: to this whole realm at this point. We, I, you never had a mince pie. No, exactly. No, that's true.
0: It's like you never. It's like your Harry Potter. You were locked under <laughs> the stairs. It's Harry the Krishna. It's <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we. have got a mince pie. So I think that was my that was my first ever mince pie. Which you hated. I did hate. I did put on a brave face. Face.
0: <laughs> I think mince pies are like olives. You just got to keep keep at them until you reach that tipping point yeah maybe yeah I had the same don't worry about it but it wasn't it wasn't great
1: but it was a nice change from freeze dried food Um, and then I mean felt like we were opening presents for a good two and a bit hours yeah we really dragged it out just to avoid lots of sweets uh, functional gifts that were going to boost us I think I think we took more food on the row than any pair to ever row the
0: Atlantic ever before. Oh, 100%. So people, there's a world record in that. <laughs> Definitely. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's our, <laughs> that's our fatt- world first. The fattest lads across the Atlantic. <laughs> no, no, there's yeah. been some big hats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, we were in absolute
1: shape. <laughs> um, but people would literally take one Mars bar per person per week is purely as a morale boost um something that we were told loads of times you want to watch on your weight keep low so that you're fast but if chocolate is that important to morale we'll just take two a day each yeah
0: of each chocolate brand yeah yeah not just Mars bars
1: I think we spent 450 quid in Costco just before we left and the range was fantastic really didn't want to get stuck on one chocolate bar um Skittles, Mars
0: bars, Snickers. Mars bar, by the way, and this isn't a paid for ad. (laughs) What a product! Yeah, they just held together. Double deckers just folded at this evening. No turning inside out. Bit of of adventure sends double deckers absolutely AWOL They just had nothing to offer. There was like the new guy was suddenly on the outside. (laughs) How does that even happen? uh, Kit Kats were decent, but couldn't handle the heat. A bit, bit Uh, messy. Mars bars are just there like yeah I'm me, I'm, I'm the same throw anything at me. I'm 70% nougat yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. good to yeah, go. Caramel's in there and it's sticking there. It's it was fun.
1: it was, yeah, it was incredible but the, the sw- I,
0: I get the weight thing though <laughs> but when you're rowing essentially a two ton bathtub yeah. it suddenly becomes a little less I rowing.
1: think that's a good point. I think like, like we said in the last one, if we'd have got that boat that we... The racing vessel Yeah, the, the racing one that we would have kind of in speed probably would have been a bit more inclined to pack accordingly but I think we just we threw away any sort of speed record oh, yeah not it's that like, we were going for one it's anyway, like turning
0: but. up to a Formula 1 in like a Mondeo yeah and then being like oh, a state yeah I should probably take the uh, wing mirrors off so a yeah. bit quicker That's yeah like, it's me- like that. not making differences yeah. yeah you're putting a tent in the back <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're putting a crate <laughs> yeah. of beer in there exactly you got and, the we, and we did put a crate of beer in we there we did several <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking like that shows just how wrong we were and like how naive we were. Is you look at the pack list, and yeah, there were thousands of chocolate bars and whatever. We took forty-eight cans of Heineken. We took a twelve-pack of Corona. We took four kilos of protein powder. What are we? <laughs> That's why are we having protein powder? We are just getting jacked up. Ridiculous. We? we didn't even take it. No, we didn't use any. We poured it out into the ocean. <laughs> Let the fish have it. yeah, <laughs> it's Bulking yeah. season. It's absolutely bulking on the fish. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we had, like, three beers. Then the boat got flooded and they all got ruined yeah, anyway. They all
1: rotted, didn't they? Yeah. The seals all went on them. So- but that, that is the last thing. We were just about to board to start the row and we paused it for another half an hour so we could run to the supermarket and buy as much beer as we could carry back onto the boat there was barely any room for it I don't know what
0: in my head I was like you know what there'll be sunsets where you know we'll be cruising a couple of beers perfect like what a lovely holiday this is gonna be not the case Well, we had a beer on Christmas day we had a couple of coronas yeah we did yeah and I remember we were halfway through a corona and then because the wind was with us and we were actually moving in the right direction and then like it just changed, didn't it? Immediately, like the the temperature dropped, and then the wind changed, and suddenly we were being pushed backwards. And the that's kind of a good representation of how quickly moods can swing at sea. Because yeah. we were like on top of the world at Christmas in this amazing environment, absolutely loving it, and then suddenly, within ten seconds, the wind changes. And how how and did we goes. know that the wind had changed? What what? like well, we divisively did. <laughs> create well that that was another well an improvised bit of genius again so when we did our training rows um we suddenly realized it's like it's probably quite important that we know which way the wind's coming from so we spoke to the guys who built the boat and we were like is there like a windometer is that what's called probably not is there a windometer wind dial? wind windex windex what's that? that's a window cleaner isn't it it <laughs> yeah, didn't do that we were like is it there- Where's the device which we need, um, which tells us which way the wind's going? Which is basically a little thing on an antenna, and then it gives you on the the little display unit like a northwesterly wind at ten knots or whatever it is. And we didn't have that, and we're like, oh, where is it? And they're like, oh, it didn't come on your boat because you, your boat was built in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, oh, shit, that's quite important, isn't it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, probably is. And it's like, right, okay, perfect. Well, we're leaving tomorrow. So what we did is we got a shoelace. Um, and tied it to the uh, antenna of our boat. So our, our windometer was essentially a shoelace blustering in the wind. Um, and that's how we knew the wind had changed. It did its job. It Very went from, reliable. Yeah, it went from being kind of a, an easterly wind, which was blowing us west, to straight the other way, a westerly wind blowing us east, which is obviously not what you want.
1: And we, we now know that when that happens, you don't row into it, um, because you don't go anywhere. But we spent the next oh, man, 12, bad. 14 hours, oh, God. At, in the throughout the night, rowing two hours on, two hours off, as normal, um, and going nowhere. Just Literally going right as well. between 0.1 knots and zero knots, and we were just rowing with one oar in our right oar, two hours at a time, like. it was so tough and then we'd change shifts update the next person and and say look mate I've not gone anywhere (laughs) there my right arm's about to fall off I think things about to change for you good luck and we did that until finally realising well actually we didn't even realise I was doing the morning shift just as the sun was coming up and then you open the laptop to just check Um, so we did like once a day we'd just look at our laptop see if we had any emails or updates on weather Check any of the systems, and we had an email uh, from like six pm the previous day saying winds about to change um, heavily. Throw the power anchor out and get a good night's sleep so you're ready to go again uh, oh. in twenty four to forty eight hours time. Um, we'd just spent since that email had gone in and we hadn't read th- those fourteen hours going nowhere and absolutely killing ourselves. That
0: was it. Was like. Strapping 40 kilo weight yeah. to your oh, right arm and yeah. just, just doing pulls. Just doing on rows. It. Yeah, just yeah all night. The left oar didn't even go in the water. No. Just, just, I think
1: we even had it in the boat yeah, at the point, did There was
0: we? no point because it, we were just being spun. So all we were doing is essentially we're on a treadmill trying to keep the boat. Pointing in the right direction.
1: We dash. were personally doing what the power anchor would do.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, so naive. So um. so we eventually... And the, the power anchor is just a, a big parachute that is stored in the cabin at the front of the boat. Um, you just pull it out, tie it, tie it on, and it blows up under the water, kind of sinks to, like, 60-odd metres or so, and it basically is a giant handbrake. So if we put that on, it would have done exactly the same as us rowing one-handed for 14 hours. Um... So, yeah, that was, that was how quickly the wind and the weather can change. And we spent the whole of Boxing Day on power anchor in the blistering heat, yeah. not
0: going anywhere. That was, well, yeah, that, the morale took a big dent when that wind changed. And on Christmas Day, we actually put a Christmas... Oh, your top's off as well, is it? Yeah, it's possibly. just two lads with their rigs out at the moment, <laughs> recording a podcast. Um, we put a Christmas tree up on the front of the boat. With uh, some nice fairy lights, and oh, stuff. Yeah. a bit of decoration, a bit of you know, uh, a bit of atmosphere, and then as soon as the wind changed, this this tree just got picked up off the boat <laughs> and just launched into the ocean. So we could just see this like flashing Christmas tree just disappear into the distance. Oh. And if anyone's being like plastic pollution, sod off. <laughs> it's not our fault. We
1: tried very hard. It was it was. Very well duct taped on as well.
0: Oh, yeah, it just went. It was gone. Um, um, so that, yeah. that'll wash up in the Bahamas in 90 Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Apologies we'll see, for that. We'll see that on a beach clean in a, <laughs> in a couple of months, probably. Um, but, yeah, it was when we, we put the power anchor down, um, and now we knew we had kind of 24 to 48 hours of basically chilling out. Um, and that's when we did that first swim. Yes. The, the, the infamous first swim mm. that was put off... Um, by about a week from the the initial one because we were, we were due to go in about a week before uh, or a few days before, and um, we were having lunch. We're like, right, we're we'll getting after lunch, and I was sat on the rowing seat. James is like in the cabin, and then this huge shark about fifty yards away uh, just breached the water, obviously hunting something, proper Blue Planet style slow motion came out the water, and it was just like. Holy shit! So we postponed that swim for a good best part of a week. Yeah, God um, yeah, just yeah, sure that this thing was following us because that's definitely what sharks do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time we got in the water, um, and we should probably play some audio. From yeah,
1: well, I think first. it's worth saying it was, it was a <laughs>
0: seamless transition into the water, and um, we, we uh, <laughs> yeah. just just listen to this and then we'll discuss it motherfucker get in you fucking vagina come on I literally feel like a boy right okay so that that noise you just heard wasn't a uh, wasn't wasn't a whale it wasn't a whale it was uh, James' first uh first time in the ocean talk us through it mate were you a little bit anxious
1: so obviously I, I had the uh, the big job of going in and, and cleaning the boat uh, and the, the reason I went in first by the way no 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 yeah um, I went in first no uh, it was fine so Tom went in first made a big meal of it it was all a bit weird <laughs> uh, but the, re- the reason you jump in is just to clean the bottom of the boat and remove any what, barnacles and yeah. life basically that has grown on the boat because we weren't rowing fast enough and um, for that not to grow there, so you'd scrape it off to try and reduce drag. Um, and it was, yeah, my turn to jump in. And for some reason, everything going through my head might have been a combination of the drugs I was on, the the lack of sleep. These are all excuses, but you I'm taking on drugs over. at the time. No, but I'd been, I was on a come down, <laughs> and uh, and and for some reason, all I thought was that something was coming up from the seven kilometers below pick me up, drag me down to the depths, and hold me down there. Uh, So I was very, as I'm sure you can now understand from that weird noise, (laughs) hesitant to get in, and I sat on the edge like a loser little school kid, just bollock naked, just really not wanting to jump in, little rope around my waist. And uh, eventually, eventually, after like 10 minutes, dropped in, for the briefest, most efficient boat clean the
0: world has ever seen. I mean, I'm not even sure if you touch the bottom of the boat. You got, you, got, you got your balls wet and got out, basically. Think You're of, like, it's done. It's like, that
1: is definitely not done. <laughs> I was just surveying the boat, and my side was actually clean already. Yeah. It was fine. But yeah, it was a very, very quick boat clean. But it needed to be done. Um, and then, I mean, the, the second time was far
0: more normal but nowhere near it 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 was quite I don't know why it's scary because it's no different than swimming no a few hundred metres off the land it's just deeper yeah but it's yeah because you look everywhere and miles around you you know you're literally in the middle of the Atlantic and you get in and you look down and it's just you see the sunlight disappearing into the depths and it is quite an ominous feeling
1: yeah I think even just being on the boat for like a couple of weeks at that point nearly we, it just like is this weird little safety blanket, and then to just like dive off. I it, think the shark, not, not, not dive, dive
0: <laughs> slide in, yeah, slide
1: <laughs> very slowly
0: in, and then straight back on the boat. The shark definitely was in our head. We got followed by that massive marlin for a few hours as well, which yeah. was. I mean, Marley's not going to do anything to you, but still, <laughs> anything bigger than yeah. a... We, 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 we were
1: seeing loads of these... What are those jellyfish uh, called? Portuguese men of war, yeah. Loads of them. That'll, that'll mess you up if you get stung by that. So that was maybe in my head as well. And they're all excuses, but eventually... Eventually we did it, and the second boat clean was far more thorough. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, a, f- a few more days go on, but we're still not in, the, not in the routine, not in the system by a long way. But we... I guess, well, I guess probably a good way to start is what was the question we were asked
0: most before leaving on the road? Um, I think two questions. One was where do you go to the toilet? Everyone seems to be fascinated by that. And then the second one would be like what happens if you get flipped or what what happens if something goes wrong, basically? Yeah, and that was the question that we d- didn't want
1: to know the answer for. We really were happy with not, not finding out what happens there. And uh, unfortunately... Uh, on, I think it was day 12, Uh, we we got the answer to that. And, I mean, first and foremost, it was a mental, mental experience. Um, And what's the best way to tee it up?
0: I think... um, We were just going as normal, really, weren't we? Yeah, it was a night shift. Um, The seas were absolutely massive. Yeah. But they were kind of good massive they were coming all the waves were coming with us all the wind was with us we were flying Yeah, but making the, the, the big waves that we saw on day oh, two and yeah, three look like child's absolutely play absolutely nothing yeah. so th- these waves were kind of two three story buildings but they weren't they weren't peaking they were like big rollers so you go up them and I, I remember and this, the moon was out for once actually Yeah. so you could actually see quite a long way and you go up at the top of one of these rollers and you can see for hundreds of miles and all you see is just these just stacks and stacks and stacks of these rolling waves which is at the time is just like breathtaking but then you then go down to the, the bottom of the wave and you're always just shitting yourself that one of them's <laughs> going to break so you go up it and it's like a vertical wall and you're like oh my god I'm going to die and then it basically basically like that every 30 yeah, seconds and when
1: you're surfing down and if you don't surf down them straight then you start like veering off and that's how people will, like yeah Get fucked up
0: in the past, but but the surfing like you're just watching that speedometer, aren't you? And you hit like like seven, eight knots. Yeah, yeah. holy shit! And it is incredibly exhilarating. So it wasn't like a boring, mundane shift. It was a big, big night. Yeah. And what four a.m. We swapped over. I came off the oars, and we kind of passed. And whenever you swap over, you kind of have a quick word, being like, right, the weather's doing this this is happening or beware of this. And we had a 30-second chat. I remember saying, it's it's absolutely pumping, but it's great fun. Um, Just just be careful. And then I went to sleep. You cracked on the oars and, what, half an hour later? Yeah. I woke up to what I was convinced was the boat just being snapped in half. Um, I hit the ceiling of the cabin. All of our stuff came up with me. And yeah, what had happened was a, a huge rogue wave had come up on our right and we'd gone up it. It was too big. It broke, which is quite rare. Uh, and it barreled us. So obviously I hit the ceiling. We're upside down at this point. No idea what's going on. I had Bieber staring me out and the calendar next to me. Um, I thought we were sinking. It was, I didn't really think anything. I was so kind of all over the shocks. So i have just been woken up by that. And then, what, 30 seconds passed and the boat did its job. And because we had the hatches shut, they both self-righted. And at that point, I was like, are we sinking? Because obviously if I open the cabin door and we're underwater, it floods, and then we definitely die. Um, but kind of realized that we were bobbing around and opened the door. And I just remember looking out at the, the deck and it was probably about a foot underwater. All of our stuff I could see just floating off and out of the boat. Um, and obviously you weren't there which, which was my second thought <laughs> I was like oh no the skittles are going it's like shit where's Whittle yeah, <laughs> well, obviously and your shoes were still in the yeah. in the rowing plate but there was no feet in them. it was just like
1: oh he's dead he's dead <laughs> I'm, I'm alone now yeah. <laughs> I'm not finishing by myself uh, but yeah it was like you said it was all going all going well i think to be honest i think finding it quite hard to enjoy the surfing part of it it was just the waves were just getting really steep and then eventually this one i mean not that there's no way of like knowing if it's coming they all felt the same to be fair um but it just it just got nailed by this wave as you said completely capsized um yeah my trainers stayed very much in the uh, like the the plates and i just went straight over the side um and I think at the time, I was like, don't really know what's going on, don't really know like when I'm going to pop up, uh, if the boat's going to land on me. Had a like, head torch and hat on, that kind of got whipped off, and just remember seeing that sinking. And then as I as kind of surfaced, the first thought was just like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> why are we in this situation? Like, why? I was perfectly happy few months ago working in an office <laughs> what am i doing here Desk yeah like we're in the <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere and like why what's the point really um i had a lifeline on luckily which we used a there's two there's two different options for a lifeline you can have a surf leash just attached to your ankle or a like a climbing harness with a climbing rope the latter being obviously a bit safer um, we had that luckily and I kind of re- remember that being the next thing I felt was just that lifeline pulling tight um, and luckily that was it doing its job as as the boat had then self-righted all it would do was just carry on going even without anyone rowing it would carry on in the, that big waves and big weather going west um, at a pace that you just wouldn't be able to catch up with um, so the lifeline kept me tethered to the boat pulled me tight and um, and was kind of a bit of a back to reality, kind of make my way back to the boat. Luckily, otherwise I'd have been left there just treading water basically until I couldn't do that anymore. That would have been a tragic finish to to a fantastic life. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird. A hell of a (laughs) living. So a quick, short 25 years, Um, but yeah, did a job. And and like you said, it was pitch black but um, I could see your head torch kind of scanning around as I jumped back on board. Looking for skills? <laughs> yeah, trying to, <laughs> trying to track down the Mars bars. Just <laughs> tanning <obsessed> with... oil. <laughs> yeah, so we lost tanning oil. We actually lost our spare pair of oars. That was bad. Um, which is pretty annoying. We're down to the bare minimum. Um, and even later on, they were all taking knocks throughout the whole trip. So to, to lose them, uh, more littering on our behalf. So apologies for that again. Sorry. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, kind of got back on board, scrambled back on, like a drowned rat. And I mean, the sun came up about an hour and a half later, and at which point we were kind of laughing about it. And it was, it's quite, it was kind of weird, to then be able to answer that question and, and kind of not live to tell the tale, but like having gone through that experience was was actually pretty fucking cool. At the time, definitely not. And like I said, I would have wanted to be anywhere else. But afterwards is a pretty cool thing to
0: experience. It's pretty amazing how you actually react when you're in those scenarios because neither of us are brave or kind of particularly, I don't know, well, used to that kind of experience. Yeah, We're yeah. not trained for it. We're not ex-military. We haven't gotten kind of a background in dealing with that. Um, and I, I remember that there was there was no, like, fear or panic. It was quite a calm environment, and obviously it was it was pretty hectic, I just remember, because obviously it's pitch black. My my head torch was on that red mode, and I just remember the red light like flashing everywhere, yeah. and then just seeing like a glint of like you in the water coming back on, and then trying to fix the rudder back on because it had come loose, so we yeah. were drifting sideways, which obviously means we we're gonna get flipped again. And every now and again, a wave would break over the boat, and it was absolute chaos. But at the same time, the it was relatively kind of calm and composed, um, and we went into that kind of process driven mode, which is quite interesting that. That, that is built into everyone, I think. It's that kind of fight or flight. Yeah. Um, and it was actually quite interesting. It's the first time probably in my life that that's been required. Um, so it's good to know. Other than the scrap outside Oceana in yeah, Bristol. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I dealt with that pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. I very <laughs> much yeah. fight. Yeah. <laughs> I got KO'd pretty quickly, so that was over. Um, uh, but yeah, you're right. I actually think no, yeah, nothing else was important. And I was totally fine, totally process-driven until... <sighs> Until the sun came up when we laughed about it, and then you we kind of went back to normality and back to the rowing, and then at that point i was a I was kind of a bit like shit like that was actually pretty heavy. It kind of took getting back to that normality to thinking about like the potential of what could have happened, whereas in the immediacy it was all just about sorting shit out and it was actually fine Um, I had a thought though are you saying that we weren't trained for the capsize yeah Um, I actually think we were incredibly well trained (laughs) we did a we did survival at sea as one of our courses what
0: a joke (laughs) that was it's
1: the most ridiculous course so we're trying to scope out this survival at sea course literally trying to prepare ourselves for that worst case scenario that eventually ended up happening for us uh, tracking down all these things, and and we eventually end up at a leisure centre oh, in East absolute London.
0: Shithole of a leisure
1: centre. Just
0: what was it even about? It was like how to light a flare. It. It was like, it was like. Remember at school when you had to make like flotation devices out of your pajamas? <laughs> yeah. Like first of all, what are you doing there? Why are you wearing pajamas? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you, you can't make that have a nice cord <laughs> one. Because that's what I'll be wearing at sea. Heavy duty, but like we basically lined up a bunch of nerds in life jackets there was like a, a school swimming lesson going on so all these like 12 year olds are like fucking losers
1: it's like
0: Jesus Christ I'm getting heckled it. getting bullied yeah <laughs> back to school yeah. and um, yeah we just chucked like a big inflatable thing in a leisure centre pool and Learn how to get in it. Sat in it we didn't even hour, have we. one of those things, did we? Or did we? I think we did. I oh, did we? I don't yeah. know where it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think we did. But yeah, it was it was the most ridiculous. But when I said that we, we coped in maybe uh, in, that was it in maybe, a survival situation. Maybe
0: we took more away from that East London Leisure Centre than we gave <laughs> than back. we ever imagined. And that, that's what prepared us. Yeah, I take that back. We were, <laughs> prepared. and we had a certificate to prove it. Yeah, <laughs> which they did not check as no. we left.
1: Um, but yeah, it was it was really really interesting. I remember w- we kind of had to, or well, we didn't have to, but we updated our family and we spoke to them the next day. Oh shit,
0: me we sugarcoated that.
1: Yeah, we tried to. Uh, we realised that we we wanted to let them know we were okay and like what we'd been through, but without worrying them in any way. <laughs> yeah, we, we have great days like <laughs> a Mars Bars or Bird. So we we'll go for it tonight. So, what? So, we'll go for it tonight. What did yeah. you say? So, we we'll for it tonight. Got totally bowled <laughs> yeah. in the night, but other than that, it's been fantastic. Okay, love you bad. Yeah. And um, the reaction was actually quite good. I remember my mum actually saying, "Well, look, well, you've done that now." So it's like that doesn't mean it won't happen again.
0: Well, you tick that box.
1: Yeah. So we, according to my mum, it was going to be plain sailing from them. <laughs> we, we've capsized. We have ticked that box, and we were going to cruise all the way into Barbados. And uh, boy,
0: were we wrong. But I think. That capsize happened and it was actually a bit of a a, a turning point for us. Up until then, we've been really, really struggling and um, having got through that and and kind of scraped through it and kind of come out the other side, still progressing towards Barbados, I think was actually quite an important moment because it showed that, yeah, that's pretty much as bad as it's going to get and we've managed to deal with it. And as you said earlier... I'm glad it happened because now we've got that story to tell and it's, it's a great thing to go through in life Yeah. at the time obviously we would have paid a lot of money for it not to happen but I think that, that was a big point in the row and in our heads naively we were like maybe yeah, right we've got over that it's going to be fine now um, however yeah that wasn't the case in the, the second half the 1500 mile mark was kind of where some really big stuff happened and I think we'll probably touch on that yeah, the next episode.
1: I think that's a great place to wrap this up, and um, yeah, in the next one we'll talk about the the final fifteen hundred miles, and the hurricane. Yeah, the hurricane, the the boats that we came into
0: contact with. Very nearly did. Yeah, very nearly. Like, so at this point we are fifteen hundred miles across the Atlantic. In the third and final Atlantic episode, we'll be talking about the carnage that was the second fifteen hundred miles. Our arrival into Barbados and then what happened when we got back to London